0: Hey, what's going on? Sean here with your Thursday and year-end episode of Locked on Raptors. I'm in a bit of a different recording situation. I'm at my in-law's place, so please bear with me there. Sorry for the lack of camera quality on today's show, but it will be a wonderful podcast episode regardless, because Katie Heindel's here. We're going to do a year-end mailbag taking your, you know, end-of-year-themed Raptors questions. It's pretty straightforward, I think. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will close out your 2021 on a high note here. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1088 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, December the 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where, of course, you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And you can also find the podcast on uh, your podcast apps for free. You can subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. It's very much appreciated. Plus, on YouTube, you can go and hit the subscribe button, and we very much appreciate that patronage as Well, today's show is brought to you by our dear friends over at Truebill who are helping you cancel the subscriptions and save you money by getting rid of the subscriptions you want to identify and stop paying for. Maybe you just don't want it, you don't need it, we forgot about it, whatever it is. Also, they can negotiate better deals on the subscriptions you want to keep. Go check out Truebill, more on them a little bit later on. All right, let's get into it here on your first listen of the day with Katie Heindel from Dime, from Basketball Feelings, from Yahoo, from the entire internet. Katie, how's it going? Thanks for being here.
1: It's good, buddy. Uh, it's nice to see you. I hope you had a happy holidays. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the holidays continue in this weird limbo week between them.
0: Yeah, well, so the reason for the different recording situation today is that uh, I'm at my my lovely fiance's parents' house because they got COVID last week. We couldn't do actual Christmas Day on the rapture on the right, right day, and so we had to delay it to today. And so now I'm at their house recording in their uh, basement. And so apologies again for the lack of lighting and all of that stuff. But it is what it is. You'll enjoy it in the podcast. It'll be wonderful either way. We have lots of great mailbag questions that came in from the listeners out there. Again, it's a year-end mailbag. This is the final episode of the week. No episode tomorrow. And so we figured why not close it out with a bit of reflection on the year that was and uh, look ahead to the year to come through the lens of some mailbag questions. Let's get to it, shall we? First question comes from Freddie Revis, our dear pal over at the Confederacy of Dunks. Regular question asker on the podcast. He asks, if the Raptors did a Dick Clark style New Year's Eve celebration, who would be the MC and what would the big acts of the night be? Katie, I will turn it over to you to answer this first.
1: This is like who I'd want. I'd want the MC to be OG, but that's a long night uh, and like a lot of time to (laughs) fill, right? So I don't Uh think that would work too well. Um, it would be very short, it would be a very short special. I don't think it would get you all the way to midnight if you had mm-hmm. OG. Um, so I'm gonna say, uh, Scotty Barnes,
0: it's a pretty good pick. <laughs> it's good hard MC. to go wrong I with think that. He'd be, good,
1: he'd be, he'd be like super excited the whole time, he'd get you through to midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and the axe. I mean I'm assuming
0: that this is like Raptors players uh like yeah. night timing as as performers, correct? Like this is what yeah. we're doing here. We okay, can do cool. better That's than like
1: we can do better than halftime shows, I think. <laughs> it's you
0: know? Drake. Yeah. No, no, it's not Drake. It's it's Fred Van Vliet performing Drake songs, uh <laughs> or something like that.
1: Well, I saw Fred was running his son Fred Junior through some drills uh at home. Mm-hmm. He had little pylons down on the ground and a little baby basketball hoop that they were running toward. I mean, mm-hmm. that could be a good, you know, that could, that could get you through a good 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, just like <laughs> America's Got Talent style, some kid just doing tricks with a basketball. I, I like that. That works. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's tough because I feel like Scotty Barnes could also probably put on some pretty good performance. Maybe he does moonlight uh, from his MC-, MC duties to put on some kind of like... Artistic, like Laser Floyd style. I don't know why Laser Floyd came to my mind, but that's where I am. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's not a bad one. I guess you know where does Nick Nurse fit into all this? He's the most most noted musician on the team. He's always got a guitar with him Are you yeah. letting him do an acoustic number or no?
1: I'm not on my okay. network, on my imaginary network. But I'm sure okay. some people would be really wanting to hear that and the band which shall not be named. Um, that uh makers quite fond of um I'm sure they would be getting some stage time on this rival network of mine
0: mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um i mean yeah I feel like Nurse is going to shoehorn his way in there at some point. Like he's he's going to bully his way onto the to this like and threaten Scotty with playing time or something like that. Uh, you know what I <laughs> want to see? It would be a good opportunity yeah. to bring
1: some guys back for like a special one night only thing. I'd like yeah. to see a Dancing with the Stars esque segment with Norman Powell and a life size person dressed up in an Osmos shawarma costume. Like to hell yeah. create That commercial where they have the date, but they're just dancing. <laughs> that could be good.
0: You bring back Landry Fields, of course. Yeah. He was a star performer on Sing Your Face Off, the, uh, the the original. Oh, wait, no. Was that it? Yeah, it was Sing Your Face Off where they dressed up as celebrities and performed songs. He did Enrique Iglesias. What else did he do? I think he did. Uh, oh, God. No, now it's it's not coming to me. But either way, they were a lot of really good ones that he did during his run on that show that should still exist, by the way. It's the only good singing show that's ever happened. So uh, Landry Field is my pick. Do you have any last thoughts here, Katie, before we move on?
1: Yeah, you could do like a Eurovision style thing if you could get Dragic back somehow for one night. Oh, yeah. As Well, um, yeah. And you could maybe get Mark back. You got a lot of like good Euro options for sure, Eurovision yeah. style like talent singing contest.
0: I feel Um, like that was one of the job descriptions in Andrea Bargnani's now defunct Instagram account was that he was a Eurovision performer.
1: (laughs) I'd like to see some pyrotechnics, but I'm trying to think of like who, I feel like Gary Trent Jr. would be. Actually, you know what? I want to see Gary like moodily play the piano.
0: Oh uh, yeah, maybe some soft singing. Under a single
1: spotlight is what I'm picturing. Mm. Who would be, maybe Delano would be like a good pyrotechnics overseer.
0: Sure, Um, sure. Who's sitting on the piano performatively while Gary Trent Jr. performs? Is this OG? No,
1: maybe for (laughs) one song. Yeah, but mostly he's going solo. (laughs)
0: Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Great question, Freddie. Thank you for sending it in. Let's continue on here with our next mailbag question. It comes in from an apologies. I don't have the graphics up. It's been a bit of a whirlwind morning for me over here, getting things set up and failing. Uh, But this one comes in from Raptor fan to nine, who asks how many total days will the starters actually play together in the 2022 calendar year? Uh, So we'll come back to this one and check it. I don't have the numbers for how many times the starters played together. I know that they have three games under their belt with the five-man lineup of Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Siakam, and Barnes. So we can maybe just go by games played, perhaps. They have three so far in their existence. Obviously, they did not have this starting five in its shape last year. So we can just kind of begin from here. Will they have more than three this coming year, Katie? It feels like, you know, probably, but also who the hell knows because this team can never stay healthy and it's a ridiculous and unending cycle of misery.
1: I'm going to be optimistic and say 20. I'm just mm. going to say it. I'm going to just do it.
0: Okay. Let's I'm actually going bench. to even go higher than that. I think we're okay. going to see not only to close this season where I think they'll probably get a good 25, 30 games in, cross your fingers. But then next year, like there's still that lead time into the new year next season True. as well.
1: I was and just so, thinking of this season.
0: That's fair. I, I think I'm going to put my prediction in at forty one games that those three four five guys will all play together. Um we'll see tall order, but that's, that's where I'll go. Uh, we're going to continue on here, Katie, and get into some more of our mailbag questions. And I have one question I want to kind of pose to you that is not a mailbag question as well to close out the show. Kind of a year-end food for thought type thing. We will get to that in one second here. But first, want to tell everybody about our friends over at Truebill, who are a wonderful company, who are making it so you're no longer paying for the subscriptions that you no longer want or need. These companies, they make you sign up for a free trial or a one-month trial subscription or whatever, and after a month, they don't give you a heads up that it's coming to an end. They just start charging your card, and that... Sucks. There's no worse feeling than getting that email once every month. Well, guess what? True Bill is here to ensure you never get that email from PayPal saying that you've paid Adobe thirty six dollars again because you're canceling Adobe, baby. Through True Bill, it's the app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you no longer want or need, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to seven hundred and twenty bucks a year with True Bill. That's a lot of scratch because companies make it very hard to cancel. True makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts, and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your True Bill constantly. Sierra is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you don't have to. Truebill has over two million users and it's helped them save over one hundred million dollars to date. So go now to Truebill.com, stop falling for subscription scams, and start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It is Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands. So go over there right now, Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. And we continue on here, Katie, with our year-end mailbag edition of Locked On Raptors. Thanks again for everyone for making this your first listen of the day. This question comes in from, and it's a very good one, from Kalo for Life. Uh, And he asks, which current Raptor will have the biggest developmental leap in 2022? This is a loaded question because there's lots of dudes you could go Mm -hmm. with here. Katie, what's your first inkling? Guy in line for the biggest leap in 2022?
1: I mean, it kind of feels like a cop out to say Scotty Barnes, because I think he's just going to follow this trajectorial arc that he's on already, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. that's, I feel like no surprises there. Sure. Um, this is tough. There's a lot of it dudes. Is. We got a lot yeah. of
0: dudes. Do- <laughs> I mean, like, develop. yeah, the answer to this question, I think a year ago probably would have been OG and Obi. Mm -hmm. And he might be the answer, but also like Fred Van Vliet probably has kind of improved himself as a player, maybe even more than OG has. So there's that consideration. Like, does Fred just continue this like trajectory that he's on? Does Siakam take like one last leap? I guess OG could also be in line for the leap that maybe was supposed to happen this year. Like, what do you think about OG as a candidate here?
1: I always want OG to be the candidate. But to be honest, Mm -hmm. I guess I in my brain, I took out Fred, uh, OG and Pascal from this yeah
0: that's fair I
1: think I just kind of zeroed in on more of like the young guys and the new guys um sure. I would love that for OG because theoretically it would mean that he would be he'd be coming back and he'd have like this full rest of the season you know unencumbered to play which are so rare t- for him um mm-hmm. to get just like period uh I'd like to see this I'd like to see this for precious actually yeah yeah,
0: yeah. That's a really good one. And, like, you know, his defense is already at a level that's really impressive. If he can add just like a little bit of refinement on the offensive end, he becomes a very, very interesting player and Mm -hmm. he can certainly be in line. I guess there's also the argument to be made. And this, I don't want this to sound mean necessarily, but we talked about Malachi Flynn yesterday on the podcast with uh, Chelsea Late and and kind of dug into why we're feeling a little bit trepidatious about where he could end up. Is he even going to be on the team, you know, in terms of the long term plans or whatever? I suppose you could say that based on where he is right now, he could be in line for just the biggest leap compared to what he is right now because right now he's like barely hanging onto a rotation spot on a team that barely has any rotation spots filled and maybe he kind of figures it out here, maybe he actually gets some run. He's you know we talked about it yesterday, he's played 69 total games in his NBA career, very disjointed, very strange career so far. Maybe some continuity in 2022. Mm-hmm gets him to a level that's just, like, way beyond where he is right now. And then maybe that classifies itself as the biggest leap, like, relative to the original starting point, no?
1: It would be nice. It, it, it would be. be. <laughs> yeah. I'm not changing my answer, though.
0: No, no, that's fair. It's a, I, I think that's a, that's a good one. But I would like uh, you know, that for him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ultimately I would go with Scotty here. Just It's the chalk answer, but it's like... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been three months, and he has gone from a uh, zero level scorer project guy to, oh, he's going to be like a top 10 player one day. It feels like the development uh, curve is uh, pretty steep with him, which is pretty awesome and like steep in a good way. It's like going up this way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, another mailbag question here. This one comes in from our pal Rob Senta asking, if you could make a New Year's resolution on behalf of each of Adam Silver, Jeff Van Gundy and Bobby Webster, what would they be? Let's start with uh, Adam Silver, uh, Katie. What is Adam Silver's resolution? There's lots he could resolve to do better, I think.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, he'd heed the actual uh, advice of scientific experts, and not mm-hmm. like the cobbled together uh, advice that he's kind of stretched in a way to make work for the NBA.
0: Yeah, the very convenient like back to work legislation that uh, mm-hmm. the CDC's passing down. Yeah, yeah
1: mandated by uh, Delta <laughs> Airlines. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> how about yeah? Like let's. Um, he he wants to um. Resolve to be a little less uh, corporate.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's just going to sever all ties with banks. He's going to keep all his money in a bucket in his house. He's going to sever ties with all of the corporate sponsors for the league. It's going to be beautiful. All the arenas will be named after dead people as, as opposed to uh, like companies the way it used to be. Uh, <laughs> sounds all right to me. Um, for Adam Silver, for me, I mean, I, I guess it's like. Just maybe like learn common sense. That would be cool Uh, when it comes to like your decisions to cancel games versus not canceling games and uh, mm-hmm. common sense and like uh, some like level, like a little touch of like humanity would be cool. That, w- that would be my suggestion for him. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, Katie. Well, what's uh, Jeff Van Gundy's, excuse me, Jeff Van Gundy's New Year's resolution to you? uh enjoy
1: a, b- a basketball game every now and again
0: <laughs> i was gonna say the same thing i was gonna say <laughs> like basketball uh so
1: <laughs> that might be a stretch so mm-hmm. like yeah i think just like you know find some things to like about a game here yeah, and
0: yeah yeah just Spice like every time get a little jar every time you start complaining to mark jackson about how much you hate something you put money into the jar yeah and you have to buy mark jackson something extravagant with the money and perhaps that is the deterrent that you need you don't want to buy mark jackson anything nice uh, i don't think that's how that relationship works um last one here is bobby webster rob asks about what could bobby webster uh, work mm. into his new year's resolution plans
1: uh i don't know bobby's like doing pretty well i'd say i have these three guys you know Hmm. Mm. I don't know.
0: Honestly, he's the guy who drafted freaking Scotty Barnes. He can do whatever. He can keep say, doing what he did last year and it's know probably if he fine.
1: Was into like <laughs> surfing cuz he's from Hawaii, so I don't know if right. he was into surfing. Maybe. You'd have to assume, back, no. Back into it, he gets like a a, a dry suit. He's going into like on the frigid waters of Lake Ontario <laughs> uh to do some surf lessons that's Mm -hmm. that's not great it's not my best but um you know i feel like something outside of the realm of basketball fit sure
0: yeah surfing definitely makes some sense um you know i'm trying to think of like maybe more sort of toronto specific hobbies he could take up like you know, he could become a cyclist or a rollerblader or something like that. How if are those the, more if specific the waves aren't going to cooperate
1: in Lake Ontario. But the probably, waves never
0: cooperate. Can yeah, you? like you got to go on like a real,
1: <laughs> a real shitty stormy day.
0: Yeah, you got to go and basically like the the people who live on the lake are worried about their houses getting swallowed mm-hmm. by the sea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I. uh yeah, got Bobby Webster seems to be doing all right. Yeah, I think he was kind of he fell in hard times a little bit in uh, you know the back part of last season. People got angry about the lack of a center on the team or whatever. People got angry about Scotty Barnes getting drafted. As it turns out, he's been right about a lot of things. So uh, yeah, you just keep on being you, Bobby Webster, and maybe tell us your birthday so we can complete the zodiac chart. Uh, <laughs> let's continue on. Actually, we will continue on in just a second with a couple more mailbag questions to round out the show, Katie. But before we do that. We are going to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag who have you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the college bowl season and through the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Before the 2021 season, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. But uh, so don't wait and go there right now and start betting with Bet Online. They are where the game starts. All right, Katie, let's round out today's year-end mailbag edition of the podcast. And I guess the one we can go to here, this is not necessarily a year-end type question, but it is in line Mm -hmm. with a guy who's had a really good run of play recently. And then I want to ask you sort of a more sort of big question about the end of 2021 and 22 and what is to come for the Raptors in the next year ahead. We're going to get wistful, but let's start here. This one comes from Connor McCarthy, who asks, at his best, Chris Bruchet brings a ton of energy and can be disruptive on both ends. In the universe where he's that player all the time, what's his ideal role when everyone is healthy? What do his minutes look like on average? And he's not talking about peak 28 and 19, Chris. He's talking like 75th to 90th percentile Chris Boucher. You know, the guy I think we saw for most of last season, Katie. I have been typically pretty down on Chris Boucher throughout his entire mm-hmm. time with the Raptors. I've, you know, I've stated my 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 thoughts on him many times. I think he's a really fun cool guy to have around. He makes regular season nights more fun cuz he can pop off and be hilarious, but I don't know if he's someone I will ever trust in a playoff series. But if you get the version of Chris Boucher who's, you know, knocking down his threes, who's not getting too out of position on defense, who's, you know, being a deterrent at the rim, Where do you think he slots into this roster right now when they're at full health? And, you know, is that a guy who's like a rotation piece?
1: Mm, I mean, the thing I think you touch on and like your distrust and maybe like being kind of lukewarm on Chris Boucher is something that I have thought about a lot with, with him, which is a real lack of decision making or, you know, sticking to the decision once he's kind of made it instead of what looks sometimes just like flailing around, Mm-hmm. on the floor um so ideally you'd want him in a situation where because i don't want to get better at things you have to keep doing them and i don't yeah. think it's fair to say put him in a role where he's not going to have to make decisions anymore right i just like really think that's obviously very prohibitive to his growth and it's also not the way that the raptors tend to um structure their teams or like the they want to develop their players so I think you put him in a situation where most of that decision making load is taken off of him but he still mm-hmm. gets these opportunities to kind of flourish when when you know like when he's up close which is I think mm-hmm. where he makes a lot of his best decisions and where his kind of rangy flailly body uh is a good disruptor he's a good disruptor mm-hmm. right like and he has shown he he can play to a higher I think echelon of skill when he's freed up to do that um right now he doesn't really have that range of freedom because there's just there's such a lack of personnel right yeah. and i yeah. think um he was kind of in a similar position earlier this season not because there was a lack of personnel but because everybody was just like it was like where is everybody in a fit right and mm-hmm. everybody was kind of vying for spots so i i'm not trying to get him off the hook but i also think like some of his problems, especially with decision-making, you can see how they've been exacerbated by, like, you know, this kind of disruptions across the board, like, in the roster uh, of the team. Some players have just been able to handle it better than he has, right? Yeah. Um, All to say, I'd like to see – I mean, I think he's a good option still uh, coming off the bench. I think he's going to give you, like, some good, like, you know – breather minutes like in the second like late in the second or like you know in kind of that third quarter slump that toronto tends Mm -hmm. to get into um i don't necessarily know that i want him on the floor and crunch time in the fourth but i think there's a lot of like kind of padding minutes he can get while he gets his like legs under him a little bit um Mm -hmm. i i generally think like he's too versatile and skilled um to be as as like inconsistent as he's been, like something sure. is just not clicking. Granted, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe that's just not gonna happen on the Raptors. I would like it to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like Boucher's in a tough spot on this team, right? Because they're a team that's loaded at the position that he is best at, which is power forward. They have mm-hmm. like six or seven guys who can play that position who you might take over Barnes to play it and so like he, sorry over over Boucher to play it Barnes never mind uh <laughs> play him at all the positions i don't care but with Boucher like it's just he's got to be really really good to justify having him out there because mm-hmm. like the defense is so inconsistent and he getting really when he's hurting your defense, he is destroying your defense because he's at that back line. He's missing the big, the sort of crucial rotations. He's jumping out at the shooters and not contesting disciplined, and and he's you know he's fouling or he's doing flybys and get giving up easy open looks. So I think like the sweet spot for him is you know he's the guy that you don't necessarily have to rely upon, but if he's cooking, then you know roll with it, right? Like I think. Mm-hmm for me you've got the main five guys like the five best players on the team then you've got chem precious and utah i think are pretty clearly the next guys in the rotation how those all sort of shake out minutes wise it's going to be a tricky thing for nick nurse to work out because precious and Kem play the same position and you probably want to start with that small ball five because it's a really good five-man unit and so that's Immediately going to put a strain on where Boucher can get in for his minutes. Maybe he plays some minutes at the three and, and Nick Nurse kind of throws away the idea of positions. I mean, I've always said he's just a tall shooting guard who can't really defend that position, but that's kind of how he plays on offense. I think if you were to, you know, just kind of have him be your ninth man, kind of like him or Svi, basically, like one of those two slots in, either you're going a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller into your second units. And those guys to me kind of feel like they're on the same tier of responsibility right now, where you don't want to be counting on them. But if they come in and they hit a couple threes and it looks like they're having a nice game, then maybe you can ride them for, you know, 18 to 25 minutes on a given night. But maybe that's not going to be the night to night sort of ask. But that brings me back to the question, which is, you know, how the hell does Chris Boucher kind of get into this rhythm, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. he's been very good when he's gotten lots of run and opportunity and has started and all that this team is not set up for him to start and get lots of opportunities. So he's got to figure out how to make the best of the moments where he does get into games. And, you know, I think if he does do that, then that sort of ninth man swing piece who can really blow a game open for you is kind of the dream spot for him on this version of the team. Um, Any last thoughts on Boucher there, Katie, before we move on?
1: Unfortunately, no. (laughs) Like I wish, you know, like I wish we had more to talk about with him at this point. Uh, yeah, it's very
0: established what the deal yeah, is
1: in his career, yeah. but it, yeah. this is where we're at.
0: Yeah, um, let's uh, round it out, Katie. And I just want to kind of ask you a sort of like a parlor game question. So 2021 oh for the Toronto Raptors was uh, not a banner year in terms of the on-court product. Of course, they lost every game last March. Basically, they started off quite well in January, February last year. And then, you know, things kind of went, went, went to crap. Of course, there's the beautiful thing of getting Scotty Barnes in the draft in the offseason. And then you come into this year and there's been a lot of hope and excitement and, you know, kind of blowing expectations away in some cases, but also Mm -hmm. losing a lot of games in the process. So I don't really know how to classify 2021 as like a, you know, a calendar year for the Raptors. Obviously not the best. I don't know if it's like the worst they've ever had because the Scotty Barnes things kind of brightens things up. But I'm asking you, Katie, you think 2022 projects to be a better overall year to be a Raptors fan than 2021 was.
1: Definitely. I yeah. think there's much more hope um, this season from like a multitude of reasons uh, than there was last season. I think last season you were still dealing with this holdover feeling that is this team, like how competitive is this team, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us <laughs> didn't necessarily want to give up that feeling that we had immediately after the championship year. Free Mm -hmm. bubble. Right. Yeah. And like things just kind of tapered out. And that was a weird that was a weird place to be. And as a a Raptors fan, because you kind of had to recalibrate what your expectations were. And yet, like the team was so far away that even it even felt like that, that the distance was kind of affecting expectations in a sense. Um, and also there was really nothing to look forward to, right? Like, yeah, they, they, it was until they got the draft pick and it was clear that that's the way that things were going and that now you've got Scotty Barnes plus just like a multitude of other really promising young players um, mm-hmm. and just like kind of promising like diamonds in the rough as it were, right? Like potentially. Uh, and I think like I'd I'd like to restress <laughs> what I wanted this season to be about and what I am still kind of looking at this season as is that every win is a bonus yeah. this is a developmental year. Like this team was not going to be super hot and like wildly competitive out of the gate. That was just like, not in no way how they were structured. Um, and mm-hmm. like, when you look at experience across the board, like they didn't have it, you've got like Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Noby trying on like brand new, like leadership roles and the weight of all of that. And I think where they are now, granted, like you know, like take the last like month out of this because that's just affected the entire NBA, um, and I think stalled out a lot of development for certainly for the Raptors. Um, They're in a decent position. It sucks Mm. to see them lose close games again. Like (laughs) that's like a not a deja vu. I think anybody likes, but like everything is tracking up, you know. And it's just a different, it's just like a much different feeling. It's nice to be excited about the team again. Um, But I think to keep it in perspective that like with those highs, you're going to have lows, right? You've Mm -hmm. got a lot of young players who are going to mess up in very crucial ways (laughs) at like the (laughs) wrong moment and lose the game very badly in a way mm-hmm. that makes you want to like rip your hair out. But like, <laughs> this is part of what like this is a brand new team, right? Like this yeah. is what is this is what it is to grow the brand new Raptors basketball team. So I think in that sense, it's extremely helpful to me, regardless of where they end up you know like mm-hmm. i guess i'm still kind of of the mind that i'd rather see them i'd rather not see them in the playoffs and an early exit and potentially get another draft pick to work with and like mm-hmm. fit into this developmental process like this is getting well ahead into the season but that's almost where i'd rather see them go than have like a first round exit
0: right See, I'm always going to be on the side of just make the playoffs and first round exits can be valuable and cool and important for learning experiences and all that too. But I also, you know, there's also that sort of, this is the beauty of this season, right? Is if they make the playoffs, they're ahead of schedule and it's awesome. Even if they lose Mm -hmm. and if they get another, you know, lottery pick to throw into their coffers, hey, that's also pretty damn good too. Like it, it is a kind of a low expectations and low expectations breed happiness type of thing going on with the Raptors right now. Mm
1: -hmm. And like,
0: I will maintain that the fact that Scotty Barnes looks this good, this early is kind of all you really needed from this season to feel like it's a success. Like it's, you know, that is the most important thing that's happened to the team this year. And I, that's kind of why I thought it was a bit of an interesting question to pose because like 2021, is the year Scotty Barnes came to be in Raptors fans' minds, right? And you get to watch him kind of go through these early, you know, career ups and downs, mostly ups, and it's been so fun. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's going to be difficult for him not to, you know, one-up what he's already done in 2022 based on what we've seen so far. And then you throw in the rest of it. And I just think the fact that, like, They figure to be on track to get healthy again. They might have more guys back for their game even tomorrow before the new year is even out. And, you know, Eric Kareen wrote a pretty interesting piece for The Athletic kind of about how this – you know, situation here, it hasn't derailed the season with everyone getting COVID the way it did last year because of the different situations we're in now, because of boosters, because of all of that. And also the fact that, you know, the NBA is just powered on through and they were lucky enough to have a couple of games canceled, which, you know, that that kind of helped ease the burden of the schedule and all that as well too. And they didn't throw away a ton of games. They only had the one game where it was a real sort of write-off against the Cavs. And so they seem like they're primed to kind of go into 2022 here hopefully leave this covid spell behind them and really kind of finally coalesce as a team for the very first time in this iteration right like they've again four games with the Ananobi Siakam and Barnes trio which I all I want to do is watch those three play basketball together and we haven't gotten the chance yet. We're going to in 2022, it seems, and I think that is enough reason to think that 2022 is going to be a better year to be a Raptors fan than the past year was, even though the past year, while miserable in spots, kind of did bear a lot of nice fruit as well, which is nice. Um, Katie, that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast and for 2021 episodes of the podcast. Before we get out of here, Katie, anything you would like to promote?
1: Yeah, I will promote um, a special uh, I'm having at Basketball Feelings, the inaugural Rashid Wallace special. It's a 30% discount on an annual subscription to the (laughs) newsletter, which gives you access to the podcast. Uh, Josh Gondelman uh, was my guest this past week. Uh, And I will also promote... Tomorrow, January 31st, I'm going to be doing a year in review of Basketball Feelings, but I am not writing a thing. It is going to be guest contributors only, some of your faves, um, big names, great people, writers, a lot of people are going to give me their feeling of the year.
0: Hell yeah. That's amazing. Can't wait to check that out. Everyone go subscribe to Basketball Feelings. Give Katie your money. Pay the full freight. Don't even take the Rasheed Wallace discount. Just say, that's nice. I'm going to pay more money. No, no, (laughs) no. Uh, (laughs) I refuse to allow you discount yourself, Katie. either way uh, Katie it's been lovely having you on the show again for another year and uh, that will of course continue on into the future everyone thank you so much for listening to the podcast this year I usually don't like talk about the numbers or anything like that but this was uh, pretty substantially the biggest year the podcast has ever had more so than the championship season which is pretty incredible considering there were long stretches without basketball and long stretches with miserable horrible sad basketball (laughs) so thank you to everyone who's listened thank you to all the subscribers on YouTube thank you to everyone who has been a part of the show guests all that stuff of course big v we love you you're a wonderful the show doesn't exist without you and so uh on that soft and and and, uh you know pillowy note let's get out of here uh and thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day we'll be back again next monday to break down the weekend games for your Toronto Raptors. I believe they play the Clippers on Friday and the Knicks on Saturday. So we'll talk about those and we'll get into uh, another year of Raptors coverage. Uh, Go make your second listen of the day, Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling, as they're giving you all the details you need to win money as you bet on football or basketball or whatever it might be right now. They're really helping you cut through the noise when it comes to the COVID protocols and everything. So go and check out Locked on Bets today. And we will talk to you again in 2022 with another episode of Locked Raptors. Bye-bye.
1: Happy New Year.